Hello and welcome to our sixth episode of Yuskentum's podcast series. My name is Özge and I will be relaying a number of podcast sessions published by Yuskentum International Law Association. The podcasts are not only for international nurses and freaks, but also for young professionals and change makers from diverse backgrounds and specializations worldwide. And we will be talking all aspects of international relations in the era of globalization. And uh, in our sixth episode, I'm really happy to welcome my colleague Başak Etkin. Başak is a PhD student in University of Paris II Pantheon Assas. Welcome, Başak. How are you? Thank you, Özge. Thanks for having me. I'm Well, I hope, and I hope you're too. Um, people who may be listening to us would be curious about your career journey. Uh, what are you doing right now? Um, okay, so for the career journey, I guess I uh, graduated from um, a law degree in 2015. Uh, well, the French system is a bit different, but mm-hmm. let's go with that. Uh, and then had a master's degree in human rights, still in Paris. Um, and then uh, I started the, the PhD journey. Um, on the way, I did some internships, most notably in the uh, French uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Uh, and right now, I'm a teaching and research fellow in um, in my own university, in uh, Université Paris II Panthéon Assas. Uh, and my research uh, focuses on. Um, rede- redefining international obligations without state consent, beyond state consent. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of um, the meeting point of international law and jurisprudence, I guess. Uh, so what reason or defining moment led you to this field uh, of research and what are the stakes and the challenges that you face in your research in this area? So I, um, I always knew I wanted to to do, uh, I thought I always wanted to do uh, human rights, uh, so I did that, uh, and somehow uh, human rights led me to the bigger questions uh, about law itself, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the, the question of what is law, um, and my thesis subject wasn't always this. I first started working on domestic jurisdiction mm-hmm. of states, and Article 2.7 of the UN Charter, uh, but that led me to more dead ends than what I hoped for. Uh, so it kind of transitioned into this uh, redefinition of international obligations beyond what the state consented to. So it's this gray area where we don't know, uh, we don't know what's going on, to be honest. <laughs> And I'd really like to uh, to figure that out. Um, So the challenge was coming to the subject at all, I mean, in the first place. And once I'm here, well, uh, everything is, um, once I'm here is in uh, in this jurisprudential area of theory and of philosophy of law, uh, well, um, things started to become, uh, how to put it nicely <laughs> and not in a scary way. Um, It's complicated, to be honest. Uh, I'm asking myself these really deep questions that I don't have the answers to, and I'm going more by saying no to things because I know what I don't want, but I haven't figured out what I want yet. Uh, so I guess that's the uh, I'm yeah na- trying to navigate through uh, jurisprudence at the moment. 
well, um, I would like to know more about your thoughts about views adopted by the UN Human Rights Committee uh, on the protection of indigenous people's rights. What do you expect from the committee exactly? Um, yeah, so I have this article in French, I'm afraid, uh, on um, uh, the MacIver uh, decision uh, by the committee. Um, I have family in Canada, so it's a particularly uh, a subject that's close to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, while there are not indigenous people at all, uh, I, s- I had the chance to observe the Canadian society and how um, indigenous people are treated. So what I would, um, yeah, so uh, to get, get back to that uh, case, uh, the case was actually about um, a law in Canadian, um, a, a law that made that, um, I'm trying to put this uh, in mm-hmm. an easy way, um, it sort of retroactively tried to make up for some injustices. But while trying to make up for injustices, they didn't count women who had been um, wronged in the process. Uh, so I would want what, what happened now. They made up for that part of it also, mm-hmm. but it's not. It wasn't. Um, it came too late. To be honest, mm. this decision decision came too late. So I don't want the committee to do anything at this point. I just want the injustices from the past to be um, seen, mm-hmm. at least. So it's, well, the committee's done their part now, but this, it's, I think we need more action in a local level because most people in Canada, I don't think, realize mm. the depth of, of this issue. And it, there was a, a fisheries case, I mean, I don't, um, I don't know if you've seen in the news a couple of, maybe a month ago now, a couple of weeks ago, there was a discussion about Mi'kmaq uh, uh, people and uh, their rights to uh, fishing, etc. So it's still a vivid issue. And it's been centuries of injustice. So to make up for all of this, the committee has to work with civil society and the civil mm-hmm. society has to work with people on uh, uh, people there, people living this, and uh, uh, legislation, and um, it, it's supposed to be a chain reaction. Everybody has to hold hands and uh, try to find a solution together. It's not something the committee can do alone. I guess if that makes sense. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I guess you're a strong advocate of women's rights and gender equality in work field. I actually have uh, two questions based on this. Uh, So the first one is, how can we raise the awareness about the lack of women's representation in international justice mechanisms? As you may know that uh, 20 uh, candidates have been nominated for the uh, judicial election, uh, nine of which are women in ICC elections. Uh, So I would like to have your opinion on this issue. Um, how to raise uh, awareness? <clears throat> I think that's <laughs> that's a really deep question, actually. And it's um, I also am trying to. I'm at this point in my life where I'm trying to be constructive and learn to be constructive because mm-hmm. uh, so far all I've done is point out what's wrong. But it's 
doesn't mean that I have all the answers. Uh, so I think the first part of this is talking about it, basically, because it had been an issue that was silenced mm -hmm, up until mm -hmm. uh, not too long ago. Definitely. So the more we talk about it, I think the more it will be uh, normal to mm -hmm, talk about yeah. it, and then solutions will come later. And I think the more people we can include in this um, in this issue, men also, because this is not a women's issue. Yeah. This is a human, human issue. issue yeah. So as the more we have male allies, uh, the more uh, solutions we will we will find because it's not um, it's not our. I mean, it's a women's issue, but yeah, it's. Uh, much bigger than that. We need everyone to be part of the solution. So I think, yeah, maybe including men in a constructive way in this as allies is a start because we're not, we cannot solve this issue women talking amongst ourselves. That's not the point. Um. Definitely, you're right. Uh, so, what do you think about the solidarity of women international lawyers and academicians, especially on existing networks and their development? I love it. I love, <laughs> love, love it. Female power is what gets me out of bed in the morning. It's really my. It's the force that drives me. I, yeah, I couldn't. I don't know how to put it in. In another way, um, there are so many initiatives. There is Women No Law. Mm -hmm. There is the International Law Girls. Atlas um, Women. Sorry? Atlas Women. There's Atlas Women. Um, Azel is doing a, a women mentorship this year. There are so many initiatives and all of them are just... The, all the all the good there is in this world that's that's them I think it's um, very important that we have female role models because to be honest I didn't have I don't think in if in my undergrad in, during my degree during my higher education I don't think I've had that female role model mm. and it's something I liked to be honest so uh, these manuals where men come and talk about yeah. domination, know, diverse male issues domination, yeah. means that these young scholars don't see any women up there. So all these initiatives, it's yeah, it's all the good in the world. Love it. Uh, thank you very much uh, for your deep and enlightening insight on the issues we have discussed in our sixth podcast, Bashak. I'm wishing you the best in this long career journey and I'm sure our next episodes will be as extraordinary, comprehensive and instructive and also entertaining as this one. Uh, finally, I would like to thank all our listeners for joining our podcast session. Please do not forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And please do not, to, uh, do not hesitate to contact us for sharing your feedbacks, further suggestions and creative ideas. Please, please stay at home and be safe. <laughs>